In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen. When I was in seminary, we first got to seminary, and uh, there was a family, and we were telling them that we were Antiochian Orthodox. And one of the children in the, who was there had never heard of that and said, What's an Okian, and why are you against them? Most of the time we think of that word anti, right, as being not, or against, or, or we're not for that, right? Well, there's also a different way that we can understand that word, because today in the church it's Thomas Sunday, but it's also called anti-Pascha. Now, we are not against Pascha, so there has to be a different meaning for that word. And so, the church tells us that anti-Pascha is this understanding of instead of Pascha. So we have this instead of Pascha resurrectional appearance because Thomas wasn't there. And because Thomas wasn't there, from then on the tradition of the church is that every single Sunday is an instead of Pascha, ultimately. Because we celebrate the resurrection of Christ every single week. We have one big, great, and glorious celebration on Great and Holy Pascha, but we celebrate the resurrection every single week, and that's why all of our hymnography for Saturday night Vespers, Sunday morning Orthros, and we have those rotation of the eight tones, hymns of the resurrection, all of that is so that we can celebrate the resurrection every single week. And we need it. We need it. I've talked to a, a number of you throughout this week, and a number of you told me that it didn't take long for that Paschal glow to start to wane. Because Christ is risen, and I still have to go to work. Christ is risen, and my back still hurts. Christ is risen, and poverty still exists in the world. Christ is risen, and bombs fall in Syria. We have this unbelievable need for, for recognition of the resurrection all of the time, because it wanes in our hearts. And it did that even with the disciples, because it says in the gospel that they were in the upper room, and the doors were closed because they were afraid. Both times, the doors are closed because they were afraid, even after they had heard about and knew about the resurrection of Christ. And Christ comes to them and says, Peace be to you. And so, thanks be to God, the church, every single week, has us celebrate the resurrection and remember the resurrection of Christ, so that while this chaos is going on around us, we can remember the resurrection, and then even says to us a couple of times in the liturgy, Peace be to you. Now, there are three specific times, actually, that we say that the priest turns around and makes a blessing and says, Peace be to you to all of the people. And those three times are not arbitrary times. They are times that the fathers of the church, when they uh, put together the divine liturgy, knew that we needed to have those words said to us before very particular actions in the liturgy. So I hope from now on, when you, when you see the priest turn around and say, peace be to all, you'll know exactly what's going on. 
because there are three specific times the priest says that. The first one we just heard a moment ago. Wisdom, let us attend, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be to you all. And so this peace be to all is that reminder for us to listen. Peace be to all. Listen. You don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you during the liturgy get distracted? You start thinking about your grocery list. You start thinking about the things you need to do later on today or the things that you're going to be doing all this next week and how are you going to be able to do those things? That's me. I'm sure that might be some of you as well. And so we hear those words, peace be to all, listen, now focus, now listen. Put all those things aside because you are going to hear the words of life. You are going to hear about he who is life so that you can live your life in the midst of the chaos that goes on around you, focused on Christ. So that's the first one. Peace be to all. Listen. The next time that the priest turns around and says, peace be to all, we'll have it here in just a, a few moments. Peace be to all. The deacon then says, let us love one another, that with one accord we may confess, and then we all sing, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, one in essence and undivided. So the first one is peace be to all, listen. The second one is peace be to all, love. Love one another. There's no way that we can even come close to declaring who God is unless we actually love each other. Our own patron says that how can you love God who you have not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? And so it's vitally important for us to have peace and to love each other. And there's no way even that we could even approach the chalice or uh, take communion and fully commune with our Lord unless we are forgiving and loving the people that are around us, starting with the people who are in here, and that's why we turn to each other and greet one another and say, Christ is in our midst, or now Christ is risen, so that you can greet one another with that holy kiss to reflect that love that we have for each other. So peace be to all, listen. Peace be to all, love. And the third one, the last time that the priest turns around and says, peace be to you all, is right before the prayer with the heads bowed. And I love that prayer. Listen to that prayer very carefully today because at the end of it, it talks about fulfilling the individual need of each person who partakes of communion. And so we have this understanding in the midst of the chaos of our life, and maybe we zoned out during the anaphora, and we have the peace be to all that draws our attention back, and, and God says, I am inserting myself into your individual need. I will be there for you, whatever it is that you need. And it goes through even a small list of things there at the end of that prayer, and maybe you'll find yourself attaching to one of those things. Peace be to all, prepare yourself, because it's right after that that we then partake of the Eucharist. And so we have these three moments of being able to hear the priest turn around and say, peace be to you, just like Christ did when he goes into the upper room to try to calm the disciples and their fear and their anxiety and the distress that they are feeling, which is real. He's not saying those things are not real, but he's saying, peace be to you, I am present. Peace be to you, listen to me. 
Peace be to you. Love each other and those who I'm going to send you out to minister to. Peace be to you and prepare your hearts to really and fully commune with me, Christ says, so that I can meet your individual need. And those are the things we need to be reminded of. And so it's no accident that the church gives us those those moments when the priest says that so we can draw our mind to the presence of Christ and the reality of his resurrection. Because wow, Christ is risen and all those bad things are happening still around us. We can still say, Christ is risen and have hope. We can still say, Christ is risen and serve those that are around us. We can still say, Christ is risen and live a virtuous and holy life, even in the midst of chaos. Because Christ enters and says, peace be to you, I am risen. And all of that other chaos will pass, and all that will be left will be us and our Lord. May the Lord grant us to feel his presence and feel his peace, even in the midst of the chaos of this world. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen.